Hey, I'm Kristen. And I'm Mike. And this is The The Business Family. Family. You're listening to episode two of The Business Family. On today's episode, we talk with our good friends, Eric and Sabria Floberg. Eric is one of Chicago's top wedding filmmakers and photographers. He also provides education for aspiring photographers through his YouTube channel with videos like how to make 100K as a wedding photographer and how to photograph interiors with your phone. Sabria is the primary caregiver in their family and also started her side hustle interior design company Nestled Home in the past year. In this episode, we dive into how to take your side hustle from just a passion to a full-time business in the midst of having young kids, the importance of maintaining and focusing on mental health health, and your family, and what it means to truly take a break from it all as a business owner. So let's dive right in. <laughs> hey guys, we are so excited to be here with Eric and Sabria. Um, they're some of our closest friends and they are jumping right in with us on the business family, which is super exciting. Um, just a short little background about them before we jump in and I'll let them tell the the details of it all, but Eric is an amazing filmmaker and photographer uh, for his namesake, Eric Floberg. Um, You can find him at at Eric Floberg on Instagram. At Eric.Floberg. Oh, at (laughs) Eric.Floberg, sorry. And then Sabria started Nestled Home, Nestled.Home on Instagram. I love it. Um, And yeah, she's an interior designer. So we are just going to hop right in and get started. Eric is also a part of Creative Club Chicago as well. Oh yeah, he's a part of that too. mm -hmm, So I'm sure it'll all kind of come together. Awesome. So just to kind of start off, I would love to hear what you guys started, how you guys got started with, you know, obviously Eric, your stuff and Sabria nestled home. So just kind of walk us through the timeline, like all the way back, take us to like dating, engagement. Whoa. Where things are at with Way all that back. Way back. Well, you think I'm going to talk too Way much, so I'm going to go ahead and let <laughs> no, you. No, you can, you can take it away. What? I'll chime in. You I'm good. talk. I'll chime in. Okay. So, this is my wo- lovely wife, Sabria. <laughs> uh, my lovely wife. Lovely wife, Sabria. <laughs> uh, this is my lovely wife, Sabria. Uh, we have been together for nine years now. What? Wow. Nine. Nine mm-hmm. years now. Yep. Mm-hmm. We've been married for almost six. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we met in 2010 via Facebook and her brother, kind of. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird. <laughs> he like showed me her Facebook profile and I was like, just got out of a three year dating relationship with a girl from high school and was like, nah, I don't want girls in my life. So I was like, no, Deka. And then I heard that she was coming to the college I went to, Illinois State University, and creeped her oh sorry i'm not supposed to touch the microphone uh, I, creeped it's on, like I creeped on her uh She's back and forth. i creeped on her on facebook and i was like wow this girl's really pretty i'm gonna dm her i don't think we called it dms um, back then it was like i'm gonna instant message face, i'm gonna facebook message i'm gonna inbox inbox you the yeah so i uh i messaged her like, hey i heard you were coming to isu you better like some stupid thing. And she like, totally ghosted me. I'm like, okay, cool. That was dumb. And later on, she responded. It was because she was dating some other dude. Mm-hmm. And she felt weird about responding to me because she. Because he was cute. Well, her and brother, brother also. had done like a, a matchmaker dating thing with yeah. her. And I was one of the contestants. Yeah, he was he was my top pick. <laughs> I was number like one three guys. out of three. Yeah, oh that my. is so. Uh, he was this on was Facebook? Already. What was this on? It was or, Facebook. I mean, they like were one just of those like tasks or whatever. No, no, my brother literally. He set it up. He was like, "Here are three this. bachelors." Oh my gosh. He's Love like, it. Eric Floberg plays guitar. 
He's on the worship team at Crew. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. So I got number one in her book. So when I, when she got that message, she was like, oh my gosh, I can't respond to him. I'm dating somebody else. This is crazy. So she kind of ghosted me and then randomly messaged me again and made me all nervous because I wasn't expecting that months later or a month later or whatever. And we started just chatting it up. And then we went on a snowboarding trip together mm-hmm. where the whole last two hours of the car ride, everyone fell asleep. And then we were in the backseat. It was like total movie moment. So I mm-hmm. proposed a year and a half later. Mm-hmm. We were engaged for 11 months. Mm-hmm. I did a big grandiose proposal, mm-hmm. which you've seen. Yep. Mm-hmm. Link in the show notes. Nice. <laughs> I was going to say everything. I did a whole like tangled the show theme. Notes, guys. Tangled theme, yeah, lanterns cool. up in the air. It was fun. It was really fun. I remember in college, like seeing that video yeah. and, and wishing being... I was Eric. <laughs> well, kind of. I, I, I'm not big grandiose type way. of guy. Yeah, but no. I was just like, I proposed in an alley. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was very cool. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, it was That's a bit awesome. much. But it, was it was very, fun. but so fun. And it was a good memory. I said really the time. Yeah, I just watched it with somebody. The video the other day because I hadn't seen it and I don't know if I've watched it and. Oh, she uh, can't wave. Ooh. Yeah, it's um, Bombay Bicycle Club. I use the mm-hmm. song. It wasn't licensed, so I can't monetize that video at all. It sucks. <laughs> God, you're the worst. I can't explain you're our engagement. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about, obviously, like, you guys now have some kids and stuff like that, which yeah, we can talk about in a them. second. But um, I would love to hear, like, business-wise, what was going on in that period? Like, did you have things started, Eric? Did you... Had things started, Sabria, what I'm not her to talk on? about this stuff. Yeah, go for it. Okay. Um, so when we got engaged, actually, I would have been going into my senior year of college, but I'm a college dropout and I'm proud of it. <laughs> and um, Eric was finishing his senior year and you had done a wedding at that point. Yeah. Right? I don't know yeah. how many. J- July of 2011 was the first wedding I shot. So that was two years before I graduated. Mm-hmm. So I've been shooting a handful of weddings in college. So I remember our original plan was like, okay, we're going to get married. Eric will teach for two years because he has to with the scholarship. Hmm. Probably he'll teach for six or seven more. Or 10. And it might take 10 years to start this photography, (coughs) videography business. But it was always in the plan. It was because he'd fallen in love. I mean, you'd have fallen in love with it. Yeah, it was more. It was a pipe dream for sure mm-hmm. i was like maybe it'll pan out but at least i have teaching literally it was like a 10-year goal wow. <laughs> yeah that was what i fully expected mm-hmm. and so we decided to move to chicago and do the chicago thing for a couple of years before we wanted to start a family but then six months after we were married we got pregnant <laughs> whoops <laughs> and um, we're like well we don't want to move from chicago because we just got here And Eric had quickly gotten really busy. Mm -hmm. And by the time Scout was born, which was in 2014, he basically had two full-time jobs and it was really difficult. I remember it being a tough season because we were like navigating having a third person in our family and then Eric working at every hour of the day because we were getting up at that time at like 5 a.m. Because we only had one car. Yeah, I would drop him off at the train station. He would commute for like an hour. I I literally brought my bike onto the train. So she would drive me at 5 a.m. I'd put my bike in our hatchback. She'd drive me to the train. I'd load my bike on the train, 45-minute train ride, and then mile and a half bike ride to my school. 
and then do teach the whole school day. Uh, the next train didn't come until an hour after the school day ended. So I had to wait at school for an hour. Or sometimes you would coach. Sometimes I coach basketball too. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, or track. Or track. And uh, I, I would get on my bike, go back to the train station, and she wouldn't pick me up. So it would be a mile and a half back to the station. I just wouldn't. 40, <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> she she wouldn't pick me up. 45 minute ride back in and then another mile and a half bike, or no, three mile bike home. So six miles of biking every day and an hour and a half of train ride wow. and an hour and a half of waiting at school. It was ridiculous. And then he'd get home. And then I'd have to edit. And edit. And I was teaching at the time. So that's why I didn't. She was teaching dance. Yeah. I was teaching dance, which was after school hours. So like our schedules for the first year of marriage were completely flipped. Yeah. Where I would be gone three or four nights a week and he would be gone during the day. And so like we only had one or two nights together. It was and crazy. And that was also hard. It was also when the bowls were really good and I was obsessed <laughs> with watching them and I'd procrastinate on editing and just scream at the and TV. And you were watching Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. And I would stay so up So many till, distractions. I would just like stay up till 2 a.m. editing things and go to school mm-hmm. dead tired. Yeah. And it was miserable until we got our second car. Mm-hmm. And then I was finally able to start commuting on my own and have some more power of my time over my time and go Mm -hmm. uh as traffic was still terrible but i was still cutting out like an hour and a half of the commute uh so that was really nice to have a vehicle another vehicle to do that Mm -hmm. there's chaos i taught for three years uh after the second year we really contemplated me switching to full-time with my business because the first year I taught, I think I shot 13 weddings that year and taught full-time and coached, oh my God. Wow. Uh, which was mm-hmm. insane. And then the next year was mm-hmm. more insane. Mm-hmm. It was like 18 weddings and doing the same mm-hmm. coaching and teaching. and With a kid. With a kid. Mm-hmm. But we didn't. So I fulfilled my scholarship after the two years. I needed to teach two years in the first five that I was out of college in Illinois. So I did that. But we had Scout. And I was like... I don't want to sacrifice the benefits of health insurance. And so I'm like, just going to do one more year. It'll just be a good year for income. Like Like we'll have a healthy bank account. Mm -hmm. And it ended up being like the worst year of my life. Mm -hmm. I shot 25 weddings that year and I taught full time and coached and did all of it. And it was so difficult because I was really trying to authentically grow my business and really care for my clients but I was giving like 50% on both sides of totally. the candle, you know, mm-hmm. like I was only giving 50, 50% to my students, which was not fair to them. I was giving 50% of my clients. And then I'm like, at, as much as I regret, I mean, I totally regret doing this, but I, it was a necessity. Like I had to do business stuff at school mm-hmm. if I wanted any time with my family. So I started sacrificing at my job and it being kind of sketchy, but then I would do creative things and make the principal happy and like, I don't know. It was just this really. Eric's 50% though is still like 110%. Yeah, sure. Let's be honest. Yeah. So I was making videos for my kids. And like rap videos and stuff. <laughs> it's true. And. He's uh, a last minute like. I throw things guy. together so last minute. If we're teaching, I would literally plan my lessons like hours of. before mm-hmm. class. And I would wing them all the time. And they ended up being awesome and fine. Because uh, that was just, I don't know. It was just my style of teaching. I'm very laid back, especially with education that I do now with my business. Super laid back with that stuff. And I think there's a lot of value with a, having room to change it last minute. It's obviously not preferred for so many people. People want to be organized and prepared and ready. I just feel really confident in my ability to teach because I have the background in it. I have an education in it, a lot of experience in it. So uh, 
I just always approached it with a confident attitude, especially with middle schoolers, like 12 years old. And you're like, it's not hard to impress you. I just have to like do <laughs> you a just dance your move. guitar sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You, you relate to them on a human level and what they like get getting to their level and they really appreciate you. And then we'll start listening to you. But I taught special ed. So it was, it was really challenging at times. Kids with mm. behavior, behavior disorders yeah. and all sorts of nuance where I was like, it was not a typical classroom and I'm like having to kick kids out and get, you know, break up fights and all sorts of stuff. So that was in the middle of the chaos of growing the business as well. Mm-hmm. But June of 2016, I jumped to my business full time and it was like one of the most freeing. It was better than graduating college. Mm-hmm. It was better than graduating high school, better mm-hmm. than graduating college. It was like, holy crap, I'm free and I can go 100 percent at what I really, really want to do. And that was really very exciting. Yeah, but it it's funny because. I remember that day or week, but I actually almost mostly remember that you're being really hard because then Eric set up a desk in our bedroom and started <laughs> working from home. And, and at that point you guys were pregnant with Theo or almost pregnant. I don't think Theo. we were yet. It was okay. close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we were, yeah, definitely talking about it. And, um, Eric got really depressed because he was like, I haven't stepped foot outside in 48 hours and <laughs> totally. I showered because he's working in our bedroom. Full days inside. Yeah. And yeah. Especially in the winter. It was awful. You know, and then like scouts having to melt down and I'm in the next room and I'm like, why isn't Eric helping me? You know, because he can definitely hear him. I know he can. And so there was a lot of hard conversations of like, I'm still at work. I'm not here. Um, but if he falls off of a table and starts bleeding, I'm <laughs> yeah, not just going like to sit in the bedroom and be like, I'm at work. <laughs> Sorry. Let's go with it. So there were times where he would, you know, he would clearly fall or hurt himself or like much crazier scream than the normal just tantrum. And so then I would feel the obligation to come out and make sure everything's okay. Whereas if I was in a different place for work, she would still be able to handle that situation but I still feel the obligation being there to mm-hmm. break my work day to go help that scenario. Yeah. It was tough because I think eventually I knew that with my brain, like Eric, I should not have any expectations of Eric right now. He's working, he's clocked in and it's like, he's not here. Um, but it was like a constant battle that I was fighting in my head of like reminding myself that, and it was exhausting and it was like resentment was still growing. Hmm. And I did I hated that because I didn't want it to. I knew, you know, I shouldn't be feeling this way towards you. And then Eric assumed that I felt that way towards him. And then it was like he treated me that, you know, a different way because he's like, Well, I know you're mad at me. I'm like, I'm not mad at you, but <laughs> like I kind of was a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't want to be. I didn't stuff. want to be mad at because I know I shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Um, so then you started creative club yeah. and that was very good. Yeah. So it just, it, it <laughs> boiled up to a point where I'm like something, something definitely needs to change. I can't keep working from home. I need to find a studio. I need to find a place to work. I was making enough money at that point. I was like, okay, I have enough income, expendable income to do this new thing. And so I started talking to somebody I knew in the industry. His name's Aaron Bean. Uh, I think you guys know him. Yeah, he just mm-hmm. lives with us. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's our, uh, he's, our he's our manny. So he doesn't watch our child. <laughs> yeah, don't let him watch your child. No. no. Ne- literally I literally never don't has. think I, he no. has once, but with ground rules. Someone else there. He watched, 
scout one time too. Yeah. He did. Once. He did. He told me about it. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I sure talked to him. I'm like, Hey, I'm at this place now. You know, I really want to get a studio, something somewhere else to work other than my bedroom. And he, I, it was just an idea. It was like, I just want to maybe do this. And so he took that as I'm definitely doing this. And I want you to be my advocate for making it happen. I think that's how he interpreted it. Cause he immediately went to a Facebook group for Chicago shooters and was like, Hey, Eric and I are getting a studio together. And I was like, when did I ever say that? And, uh, a couple comments on it, like, Oh, that's cool. A good idea. And then Gene Yoon, our other friend commented on that post and said, I'm really interested in that too. That sounds great. Did you know Gene before that? I did. I okay. stood in a wedding with him. We have that's a mutual right. friend. That's right. Yeah. That's right. He also, I think I come over like he, Eric would have. Oh, I met, I met with him at heritage once. working days. Like Gene sat at our yeah. dining room table and a couple other guys. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I had a few days at he home. Brought, he brought donuts. So he won my heart. Yeah. <laughs> but I also went to a coffee shop with him. You're we got in. to know each yep. other like more. You. Yeah. So, uh, Bean then had a lead on a studio. I was like, yeah, I have a friend in a building, commercial building, and there's a, there's a vacant unit and we should go see it. And I'm like, all right, fine. I guess we'll go check it out. So I had the kids that day. I I made a vlog about this day. It's like deep in my YouTube channel. Hmm. And link in bio. <laughs> link in bio. Or link in description. <laughs> link in show notes. And, babe. Uh, <laughs> get it right. And show notes. We went and we we saw it and the landlord opened the door and we saw the space and we knew the price and we're like, we don't need to see anything else. It's perfect. Uh, it's like 900 square feet, 14 foot ceilings, big white box, perfect for photographers, thousand bucks a month. Am I allowed to say how much it is? I don't care. Okay. <laughs> we're really transparent here. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah. Crazy good price for a really cool location in Chicago. We're like, we didn't want to be those people that like look at the landlord and like, yep, uh-huh, we love everything about it. We want it, we were like, oh yeah, it's pretty cool. You know? it's okay. But secretly being we'll like, think about oh my it. gosh. <laughs> it just have beautiful light, right? That's the main thing. Yeah, exactly. That's all you need. Uh, so we're sold on it immediately. And I don't remember how long after we had told, I had told you. Had you had asked me, be, I think even before you saw the space. Oh, okay. If yeah. you guys interested in going you in on something Mike like this. You wanted Mike in on it. Yeah. Because like, it was like, like, hey, I'm going in this thing with Bean. I was like, F that. I'm not you, going no, in anything were, with Bean. Bean's you, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and Bean's you were literally crazy. saying that because you're I like, Mike. I will never work with him. Yeah. I was like, you need to make ground rules. Like, this kid is going to just like talk you off all day. <laughs> yeah. then like, I remember that. That's crazy. I remember that. Two and a half years yeah. ago. Yeah. And I was trying to convince you to move up to Chicago because you were in and he C- said no. Central Illinois. But still. then Kristen caught word of it. It was like, no, this is like, yeah. I think what's best for our family. You can't pass up on this. Yeah. If you want to hear more about that, we have our Chicago story podcast coming up mm-hmm. um, in a couple of weeks and we talk all about it. But yeah, essentially. But then we, we won't Chicago, give away the punchline, we but we live in Chicago. So I guess it's already. Yeah. Out the <laughs> Even as professional photographers and videographers, we found ourselves using our cell phones to capture a lot of our on-the-go content for both our family and our business. That's why we purchased Moment Lenses. Moment makes a variety of lenses and photography gear for your mobile device that can elevate your cell phone camera to a more professional quality. If you're interested in learning how Moment Lenses can up your cell phone game, check out thebusinessfam.com moment and get 10% off any of your purchase. Everything that we talked about up to this point I was teaching dance. Okay. And um, when we got married, I was planning to be a professional dancer. 
I was for a year before we got married. And then that dream kind of changed pretty quickly, but I loved teaching and pretty much saw myself doing that for the rest of my life. Um, but as we got pregnant with our second and I, I think every year I was like cutting back one day a week. So by the time I had Theo, I think I was doing one or two days. It was probably one. Yeah. Yeah. It was one. And then, um, I don't know. I had been doing it for 10 years, which is crazy to say, cause I'm not that old, but I started teaching like as an assistant when I was 11 or 12. And then I started my own classes when I was 16. So I was like, I've been doing this for a long time. Like maybe that's why it doesn't feel super exciting. She's a very good dancer. Well, very and, good. I, and I she also, say that about her <laughs> I also wasn't um, able to commit very much time to my own training. So I think I just, it started to fizzle. Like I didn't necessarily feel like I was bringing anything fresh either because it was like same old, same old. Like I was doing what I knew I was good at, good at doing, um, but it didn't feel fresh for me. And so, um, we had just moved here and I remember taking a shower and just being like, what if I didn't teach next year? And we were kind of wrapping up the year. It was probably spring because we had just moved here. Yeah. And it was a weird thought to have. I didn't even really want to have it because it was kind of really wrapped up in who I was, like my identity. I was a dancer and a dance teacher. And when you say move here, you don't mean Chicago. You mean like literally oh, in yeah, this, this place. condo. Yeah, because it was April oh, okay. when we moved in. And then, um, yeah, uh, it was a scary thought, a weird thought. And then um, I was like, what else would I do to replace it? But actually, we had just moved into this home that needed to be renovated and I was really enjoying it. And I had sort of offered to friends like, let me help you with this. Not Eric was like, you should make this a business. And I was like, no. Like interior design. Interior design, yeah. Okay, helping cool. them decorate a space in their house or like sure. a business or whatever. A casual roots family color project. You know, just a business. Um, no, I helped a little bit. They did a lot of it. Um, but yeah, it, it was so fun for me. And Eric was just like, you should totally do this. You should mm. make money. Up. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just giving my opinion. And it's too fun to be a job. You know, like I, I'm totally fine not making money doing this because I love it. Um, So that was always like kind of in the back burner. At least it had been for the last year. And uh, as I started to think about like, well, I miss teaching. Um, what will my life look like when I'm not having to leave every day at three o'clock, having to find sitters every other, you know, day. I mean, we had regular sitters, but it was getting to a point where it was really stressful. Um, if one of them was sick, like it put a lot of stress on us because I had to be at dance. I had to teach my classes. Eric either had to drop what he was doing or we had to call on family again. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, I felt like I was always finding a babysitter. That was such a part-time job. And um, the idea of like being able to work from home or at a coffee shop. And if a sitter canceled, no big deal. I can work later. Like having flexible hours was amazing. Um, the dishwasher. <laughs> it's going to do that. it again. We'll do it a few times. <laughs> Theo was one at the time and it felt really right. I felt ready for it. And I still teach a little bit, but Oddly enough, I don't miss it as much as I thought I would. Mm -hmm. um, I still love it. And it is still so much a part of who I am. But one time someone was like, dance or interior design, if you had to choose one. I was like, that's a crazy question. 
Honestly, probably dance, but right now, <laughs> interior design, hmm. because well, what's, what's, it just fits. What's so profound about what you just said is that I hear from so many entrepreneurs that start their own businesses, that start seeing success in their own businesses that they start up out of passion, is that they have that feeling of, I can't do this because this is just fun. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I deserve money guilty. doing it because it's so fun. Yeah. Uh, that's a beautiful, awesome thing. Uh, that's how exactly how I felt when I started doing what I did. And as it continued to grow, I kept getting that feeling until finally I came to grips with, oh no, like people really value, value. my mm -hmm. work. And that's what I'm, I feel like I'm constantly preaching that to Sabria. She's crazy talented for just starting in interior design. She's very quickly realized like the ins and outs and nuances of what it takes to be an interior designer. She has great connections already. Her sister is a contractor and, and does work and has tons of connections in the contracting world. So she can make uh, all those ideas come to life very easily for her clients. And I'm just kind of in the process of like, I want to see her take it to the next level. Mm -hmm. And she's just kind of in a place where she's like, you know, we're having our third child. Bomb. <laughs> I'm going to post it on Instagram tomorrow, so whatever. They all just found out. Oh, whoa. Instagram just found out. Zoops. Oopsies. Oh, my gosh. Maybe I shouldn't post this. I don't you know. You should have told your mom first. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? Wow. I should be pissed. First second, I was like, wait, we didn't tell her Shoot. Yeah, so we're kind of in this place where we, I really want her to grow it, honestly. And I'm kind of at the place where I go, do you want me to, do you want me to help? Grow it more, or do we hire someone or do something because she's gotten a few clients already uh i don't mean to speak on your behalf but she's already gotten some clients that are like very very good clients and um someone recently who just has like a huge following online and will get her a ton of marketing for the work she's doing on her kitchen and so it's really exciting and i don't know like i guess i haven't asked you a lot about how <laughs> you're feeling about that mm -hmm. and well, yeah, what so you I feel like the next steps will be like do you want to take it to the next level would you ever want to take it to the next level or do you want to wait till the kids grow up before you do something like that yeah so it started in october so it's been eight months nine months and um i've had a handful two handfuls of clients <laughs> <laughs> um but paying like well-paying clients without any marketing yeah jobs that um Good jobs. Good jobs. Like that I was really proud of at the end mm -hmm. of that. I felt like reflected my style, yeah. but also made them really happy. Um, I had Eric photograph them. So it's been really amazing to have a built-in photographer. Um, actually pretty key because that's, that is my marketing is the For photos. Sure. And it blew my mind because she posts a few photos of our kitchen to Instagram sure. She tags the right things sure. and hashtags the right things. She has a post hit like over 5,000 likes. I'm and he was really jealous. He was like, <laughs> he was watching the whole day. Like, I just don't understand. How, do, how is this happening? How do you? And he's like, it's blowing up. I'm like, well, it's your photo. You can feel good about that. Yeah. He's like, but nobody's like my photos that much. He should count. post that same photo, see what it, it does. Doesn't. It, it doesn't. It doesn't. I've done it. <laughs> That's amazing. I just, I don't tag it the same way. Dang, you should tag it that same way. Well, that's what's so interesting. Is that if you, it's if you did, you would. It's totally yeah, strategy. Would. All kidding aside, uh, I didn't know Instagram could do that. 
And there is a cult following of interior people on Instagram. Yeah, That's awesome. I have obsessions over yes. and I've learned a lot from. And they have reposted her stuff. Like yeah, her idols in the interior world who have reposted her That's amazing. photos. So my photos. Uh, on their <laughs> work. Your photos. On, uh, but like not to like, you know. Yeah, on their stories. <laughs> really and it's online. really exciting and cool. Yeah. With like tons of people flooding in and wanting to follow her work because yeah. of that. So yeah. fun. Um, Instagram is a very powerful tool in the business making world. And especially in the interior stuff so i look at it i go look at there's the, so much potential. look at the potential yeah. that you have it's crazy yeah um and i almost have more followers than him it's like no, no <laughs> <laughs> that's not true at all but, but i feel like it's so okay again i'm like i don't know what i'm doing i'm like such a fake right like you that's sure what i do. feel like and the so again he pudding. is kind of like affirming the proof is in the pudding yeah you and, know what you're doing uh if you wanted to take it to the next level, you totally could. Mm-hmm. What I do, what I do respect about you, and very similarly to what you did when you denied me the first time we dated, <laughs> is that you have a clear perspective of what you want. And having what's going to be three kids now, yeah. you said, I don't I think it can wait. Right. Like mm-hmm. I don't want to be taken away from them mm-hmm. as much as it could be. Right. If I decide to pursue this really hard. Mm-hmm. And so maybe that takes us sitting down and reevaluating if we do want it to grow, maybe just taking a different business model. Maybe that means hiring someone. Maybe that means re-strategizing how we want to produce that content Mm -hmm. and go after it harder. And maybe it's the same amount of work for you, but less stress Mm -hmm. with a different plan. And childcare. This is great. This is good therapy for us right now. Thank we're you. really just in. I love it. We're in it for. It's like you guys are like running this podcast. Mm-hmm. I love it. You're counseling. like asking the questions <laughs> I was about to ask. It's a secret Perfect. marital counseling. Yeah. Just Built in. Built in. But that's funny. What, what podcasting is like. We've been through it. If you really get into it good, it's basically therapy. Oh my gosh. Mike and I, we were talking for one of our other episodes and we literally just ha- started having, it was like, well, what do you, th- uh, we've never talked about this. Mm-hmm. And it was about like child care and how yeah. much like nanny we want. And yeah. And we're like, well, like, we've never actually sat down and hashed it out. Yeah. And now we kind of sure. have to in right. this platform. It was really interesting. There's no phones yeah. to pick up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Super interesting. You're locked yeah. in. So it sounds I mean, like, I mean, historically, I know you guys, so I can kind of say, but historically you guys have had some nannying. Mm-hmm. Sabria has been staying at home. Mm-hmm. You've kind of been the one bringing in the money yeah. at this point. Mm-hmm. And so like that whole dynamic, it sounds like we'll probably stay the same through this next child. And even with, you know, doing nestled home and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. So. And have you guys actually ever like explicitly said like, oh, Sabria stays at home and Eric goes to work and Sabria, you know, mm-hmm. even with nestled home mm-hmm. coming up like, oh, Sabria, you're kind of going to. T- take a step back in a way or mm-hmm. is this kind of like, Oh, it just happened, you yeah. know, based so on desires I will say or whatever. It was never an expectation that Eric had on me that I would stay home. If anything, he was always more like, you don't have to stay home with the kids. If you don't want to, Sabrina, you should pursue this. And I was like, I would wait a minute. Push her to want it. Yeah, yeah. I want her to be her own entrepreneur, but mm-hmm. that's just not how her personality is. Right, sure. That's and you. That's not not, built yeah. like I am. And so I was kind of just projecting myself on her. Right. He's like, you should like, do this. You and should I didn't want to, I didn't want to like make her feel like she was being boxed into this, like, stereotypical housewife i gotta stay home can't pursue the thing and so but it actually i wanted to be sensitive to that too but in a weird way it made me kind of feel like a failure Mm. as a mom because Mm. i was like oh so it was what i'm doing not enough so we had we've come a long way from that and like 
two years actually, because once Theo was born, our life did really shift from being able to drop off one kid easily to any family member, yeah. last minute stuff to then having two kids. It just became more Nobody of a big wants deal. To watch. <laughs> yeah, it's just harder logistically. And Three's we had a toddler at that time too. So it was like a toddler and a newborn. That's mm -hmm. tough. As I'm sure you guys know, like it just changes. One kid to two rocked our world in that way of like, oh, we're actually a family now. Like we actually are parents and we're saying no to a lot more stuff than we ever have before. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, sure. There's potential here. Uh, but then like, who am I? What choices am I making? Like this has been my dream my whole life. And I think it's hard too. And I think a lot of moms that are stay-at-home moms can relate. Um, you love it. And I think there are a lot of difficult times and those difficult times you probably vocalize more than the fun times. And so Eric was hearing a lot of the struggle and the complaints. So he always felt like I was unsatisfied and he always felt like you're not happy. Um, even though I was, and I was being fulfilled in the way I'd always dreamt of being, although it's harder than I thought it ever would be. And, um, yeah. So I think that was also part of, he thought he was helping me out. Like, oh, you don't have to stay home if mm. you don't want to. Um, so especially bringing another kid into this, I think I'm coming to the realization of like, I'm just going to go all in to like this momhood thing because childcare gets more expensive with each kid. Um, we're sending another kid to preschool. So that's financially, it's like we are going to start seeing that we're spending more money. And then three kids versus two kids versus one kid for a babysitter is different. Like the hourly rate is different. This year I realized I'm definitely paying for a sitter more than what I'm making. And we really took a bigger jump. Like I think I had a babysitter for close to 20 hours a week. Definitely wasn't working that much. Um, and part of it was like me time, grocery shopping. That was great. But then at the end of it, I was like, I don't need this much. I definitely don't need this much for nestled home with where I'm at right now. Mm -hmm. And I think if I can get the right perspective and like change my attitude on like parenting and be a little bit more like here and ready to face these challenges, um, then I can do it with less babysitting. Hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's where I'm at. Eric, I would love to hear, I mean, we heard a lot about Sabria, kind of like your thought process of shifting, you know, what you want, figuring out what you want. I would love to hear like where you have been in the past with all of this with kids like did kids affect how you run your business you know when you first started it when you were deciding to go full-time like we heard a little bit about it obviously with wanting health benefits still and whatever when scout was born so can you give us a little bit of your process in that too i went to college to become a teacher taught full-time grew my business and we had a kid right in the middle of it and then had a second kid right when I decided to jump full time. Mm -hmm. So kids have always been in the equation uh, for me really growing my business. So uh, it's just been a process of figuring out how to navigate all that. Cause there's a lot of guilt that's involved with growing something uh, business wise and having enough time for your family, mm -hmm. especially for mm -hmm. your kids. I know plenty of people grow up with uh, a, a dad that is present in their lives, but not like actually emotionally present, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. uh, so I've that's always kind of 
sat in the back of my brain that I never want to be that kind of dad that is physically present at times, but never emotionally invested. Like I don't want to be, I don't always want to be the zombie dad in the morning. who's just trying to survive with his cup of coffee before he leaves for work. And I don't want to be that brain dead dad that comes home after work, exhausted saying, leave me alone. Um, Mm -hmm. I need to relax now. And I think just to interject, he, you kind of had a wake up call because our oldest scout is like super attached to me just naturally mm-hmm. more than our second. So I think there's just a personality difference there, but, um, it got to the point where Eric would kind of come home from work and scout wouldn't even acknowledge him. Like, you know, you think, Oh, run to the door. Daddy's home. And it was like, didn't even acknowledge him only wanted me for everything. And I think that was starting to like, open your eyes because you're like, wow, I don't really have much of a relationship with him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so then you invested in after like a few days, maybe even like two days, that was completely different. Yeah. The time that Eric invested in Scout quickly changed his behavior towards him. Scout's behavior towards Eric. Mm-hmm. And so I think that was encouraging for him because I think dads just have a harder time connecting with their kids naturally like a mom might because they don't want them maybe as much and so that doesn't encourage them to want them anymore you know what i mean it's like well you already don't want me i have to try that much harder um and so he did he had to try a lot harder but it was really cool to see that uh response totally i remember that it's hard it's funny i just don't it's hard for me to remember those things with kids and so having the steel trap mind that exists within (laughs) this one to like recall that stuff is really helpful for me to recognize and remember how that happened. And I totally remember it now. And that was a very pivotal time. And when Theo came around then our second, uh, who was naturally more attached to me than scout ever was that kind of even pushed scout to be like, no, I want more attention from Mm -hmm. dad too. And so it started being like a competition, but it felt so good to know that that investment into my children when I came home from work was paying off because they started running to me Mm -hmm. when I came home. Like Mm -hmm. they started running to the door and embracing me when I came home. And that's something that I'll remember fondly about when we first moved into this place in the middle of growing a YouTube channel and starting to monetize stuff that way. uh, I'm really starting to see numbers come in where it's like, Oh man, if I just completely ditch everything I'm doing right now and pursue this YouTube thing full time, that could be a whole career totally. And so it's just this middle ground of, okay, what do I do? Uh, I'm, it's similar to when I was teaching and when I was growing my photography mm. business. Yeah. It's like 50, 50 again. You can't really give it your all. What hand yeah. and what pot do I have? And so in the midst of all that, all that confusion and that chaos and not knowing what to do, I'm just not focusing on my family. And yeah. so we just had a reckoning. Like we, we went to church, uh, last Sunday and heard, uh, a sermon about, um, keeping a Sabbath. A Sabbath is biblically is, is God's commandment of like, Hey, you need to take a day and just not do stuff. You need to not do work. You need to uh, relax. You need to recharge. You need to get back into it. Um, And then enjoy the fruit of your labor. Exactly. And they said it really well that a lot of people, when we say we're going to take a rest day is like, you're coming out of a week and you're crashing 
And so a lot of times you binge watch Netflix or you lay on your couch all day. And do you really feel recharged after that? Not really. And so Sabbath is supposed to kind of be the day that fuels you up and fills you to dive into your week head first mm-hmm. and really excited. And, um, we have tried to do that before, but it quickly, as soon as Eric gets busy, it might have a tough month where it's like, this just isn't going to happen this month. And that's the reality. And then we quickly get out of the habit and it's like, wait, we haven't done this in a year and we feel it because he's working seven days a week. And Mm -hmm. how did this happen? Like, how did we get here? It's really easy to have that realization of like, how did we get here? Totally. And so I have literally, oh, they're not on the fridge anymore, but I literally took four post-it notes the other night and wrote out goals for family for business, for four different topics of what I want to see change in this next year for myself. And that's so good in this time of struggling and feeling depressed and not knowing what's next to have a tangible way to figure out what we're going to do as a family and making sure that we're healthy. Mm -hmm. So that's what we've been working through this past week. (laughs) Been very (laughs) recent. Uh, But I think I can speak for both of us in saying that it's been very encouraging to mm-hmm. step away from that and getting a refocus on what's important mm-hmm. and making sure that we're living uh, a healthy lifestyle and not just solely grinding all the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm really, this year has been a huge test of me being like, yeah, I don't want to be on the grind 24 seven. Whereas mm-hmm. if you would have asked me a few years ago, I probably would have been like, yeah, I want to be Casey Neistat. You know, I want to be like doing everything all the time. I can run on liquid energy. And if I take, if I go on a run and take a shower, that's all I need to, I don't need eight hours of sleep. I can run (laughs) on three hours and go on a run and take a shower. I'll be fine. Like, it's just not reality. That's been another eye-opening thing. It's just like, we almost have a kid in kindergarten. It's like our time, we're never getting this time back. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I just want to like, when Eric is struggling to be present, just like shake on me, you know, like this is once in a lifetime, they're going to be at school more than they're going to be with us. They're going to have other influencers in their life more than us. This is such a special time. And like, you gotta be here. And I think we're just wired really differently. Um, I don't know if it's a guy girl thing or the, our personalities. I think it's probably both. Um, that it's just easier for him to lose sight of that. And I respect and appreciate Eric's focus on providing because that's something where I'm like, we could live in a shack and I'd be happy. <laughs> but like he really does want to provide for us and, um, you know, make sure that we are comfortable. And I appreciate that. I don't think about it. I don't prioritize that at all. Um, so it's good that he does. <laughs> Someone has to. Yeah. Awesome. So if you guys could give like one, one piece of advice and you can each give this a piece of advice, but if you could give one piece of advice to people who are wanting to go full time with their business or even start something new, um, who have a family already, what would you say? And specifically have kids. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I would say play it safe that, and that's counterintuitive to a lot of what plenty of internet business people say. Hmm. I think a lot of people are like, you need to, you need to abandon ship and go all in and all the risk and everything. And I know that's just a different approach, uh, for me and my experience and our experience. 
I was very careful in making sure that we had some sort of financial mainstay so that I could build the next thing. And I'm in that season right now, you know, Mm -hmm. and recognizing, okay, if I need to drop my prices and book out a whole year, I will, if I have to, in order to grow the YouTube thing, in order to grow the educational realm, I will do that and make that sacrifice. Uh, So what I encourage people to do is just be smart about your strategy. Have the Mm self-awareness to recognize that what you're doing can be profitable and uh, that you're, you're seeking advice and that you have community around you to keep you in check to do that. Uh, because if you're just floating and trying to do it by yourself and failing hard, like you have kids at stake that need food on the table and that's not cool if you're just kind of flying by the seat of your pants and just hoping, oh well, yeah, my thing's going to work out someday and having zero strategy on how that's going to mm-hmm. happen. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge advocate of like grinding in the way that other people don't say People will be like, you know, grind on the on the thing that you are super passionate about and go after a thousand percent. That's cool. But maybe also balance a part time job on the side of it. Mm-hmm. Like have a steady stream of income that, you know, is going to be there at least. And then every all the bread that you win on top of that is just icing on the cake mm-hmm. so that you can put money in savings. You can make investments to grow that thing that you want until you reach the point where you're like, OK, this is what I can do full time. What about you, Sabria? Anything come to mind? Um, so I think in the last actually couple weeks, I've had this realization of, um, like my mom was a stay at home mom and one of seven kids. That's kind of the life I knew. And I think not only was it kind of hardwired within me of like wanting to be a mom, but I think there was also this, like, I wanted, I felt like I needed to be like my mom and she was a really good mom. And I, you know, wanted to, and I felt like she did such a good job with it like all of her kids. And I wanted to do that as well. I wanted to invest in my kids as much as she invested in us. But I was talking with a mom a couple weeks ago who, um, works full time and constantly feels guilty about not giving her daughter enough time. And I think a few years ago I would have been like, well, maybe you should just be, you know, stay at home mom. But then I had this like wake up call that when I was young, I actually didn't really respect my mom for until I was probably in college because I felt like she has no life. She, you know, doesn't do anything outside of the house. She has no friends. And whether or not that was true, that was all my (laughs) perception of her life coming from like an eight year old or 11 year old, whatever. And um, she was very dedicated to what she chose to be dedicated to and there's sacrifice. And I, so I think that's always the thing. There's going to be sacrifice. Um, if you choose to work full time, you're sacrificing time with your kids. Are you sacrificing a good relationship? Not necessarily, as long as you're being intentional. Um, and I think what I was just encouraging this mom is just like, she's getting to see you in a way I never got to see my mom. You're like killing it, you know, and you're working so hard and she's getting to have you as that role model. Um, which is a beautiful thing. And I think I've undervalued that for a lot of my life. Um, do I feel called to that? Particularly no, because I do want that time. That's really important to me. I've learned is that just quality time. Eric's like, your love language is quality time. I'm like, no, it's not. And I'm like, yeah, it totally is. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's always going to be a sacrifice. You cannot do it all. You like, I just, you just can't. We've tried. <laughs> Um, 
So yeah, I don't. Is that advice? Did you ask for advice? Just something. You, you yeah. said yeah. it. You, you can't do it all. Away. Yeah. yeah. No. If there's sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's always... and there's no right or wrong either. Mm-hmm. I think it's just you, like Eric said it. You have to know yourself. Know what's going to fill you up. Know that whatever your choice is is also going to be difficult in some ways with your kids because you're sacrificing something. Or it's also a really beautiful thing too. So yeah. You, it's always the reality that you can't do it all. Um, I always struggle with, I have a million ideas and there's execution I want to do all of the time, but it's all about sacrificing the right things in order to build the things that are most important. And stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is the most profound thing I have learned uh, in the past few years is you can, you absolutely cannot do it all. And if you are strategic, you can build something that will take a long time to get to the place where you can do a lot of the things that takes a lot of time, effort, and money. But if you are doing stuff on your own, you need to manage your time. Well, you need to make good sacrifices and you need to put the time into the things that are worth investing. And you will fail at that all the time. Um, but as long as you have that recognition of, I, I do need to carve out the time for the most important things like my family. I do need to carve out the time for me to be able to do the hobbies that I want to do, um, to have time for myself. That's what's healthy instead of just 24 seven, always working all the time. It's my perspective. So that's, that's what I've learned recently. And really backed off of like putting in the long hours late at night, making sure I'm home on time and what we've agreed to be on time, having clear communication on that. Awesome. Well guys, this was really fun. It was very fun. Um, You're the first, the first people on the podcast and this is really exciting. It feels very official to me um, for us. So well, yeah, with this setup, I know, right? It's crazy. Also, if your other interviews aren't as good as this one, don't be surprised because it's us. <laughs> I mean, really, you're the dream team. So you're first and it. last, you know. <laughs> That's it. Truth. We're quitting. <laughs> done. That's it. The done. business fam. It's over. And one and done. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. And yeah, we're just excited to keep being on the journey with you. You guys are some of our closest friends. So mm-hmm. thanks for thanks for being are on you the podcast. Have us on again. Maybe. hundred percent. Totally. Okay, cool. Maybe when Nessa <laughs> home reaches like net a million Instagram Once we swipe up, we'll have you in on. Oh. a month. <laughs> That's what no, it takes. So bad. I don't even, I'll never get swipe up. I, I would love to even in the future have a conversation of how different we are in some aspects. Totally. Mm-hmm. That'd be mm-hmm. super interesting. But also yeah. anybody watching, swipe up feature is not that big of a deal. Like, we, we don't have it. There's like We're 15 people okay. that swipe up every time. We have our rent paid. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Love There's food it. on the love table every night. Love you too. Love you guys too.